passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, we've danced around the topic here a little bit. It's been discussed, widely discussed throughout, you know, local media uh, and around the country regarding the quarterback position for the Detroit Lions. And you and I both believe that Jared Goff is a good quarterback. He's good enough for now. I don't think any, either of us think that in the last two minutes of a game, he's the guy that you necessarily want to go out there and you know, break the game open, make the play, but hopefully he's good enough to be able to avoid most of those situations. But there are four quarterbacks that people are talking about in regards to the first round of the NFL draft. And you could throw in a, a, a fifth and Hendon Hooker, who give or take, depending on how, what a team needs, when they need a quarterback available and where they have him ranked, along with his age, we can discuss him at a later date. But the four quarterbacks that I think we all believe will be first-round quarterbacks are Bryce Young, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson. And I would like to know from you, where do you think these quarterbacks end up um, in the NFL draft? And do how many do you think go in the top five? Well, I think, first of all, if I'm Carolina, obviously... You trade it up for a reason. You trade it up, and look, they can either... You know, I know they've said, hey, they feel good about a couple guys. Um, they probably feel really good about one. Nobody's going to know until draft night. But to me, that's probably going to be Bryce Young. 
I know CJ Stroud has been, uh, you know, his name's definitely been a lot hotter in the last couple weeks. Uh, had a pretty good showing at the combine, had a pretty good pro day. Listen, football players, coaches, evaluators, I, I could care less. I'm sorry. I couldn't care less. Oh, on what for being grammatically on, correct. On, on how a guy looks throwing on air. I just can't. I've, I yeah. will never see a pass on in, in the combine, in a pro day, and get excited about it and go, oh, my God, this guy's tremendous. Don't give a rat's ass. I just don't. Uh-huh. Unless you throw it, like, 95 yards, I'd be like, okay, that's pretty ridiculous. That's cool. But everybody can throw the ball 65 yeah, yards. 65, 70, 70 yards. yards. Yeah. Everybody can throw the ball on air when there's no rush, when there's no defenders, when the guy's running 85% speed. So that, yeah. that I don't care. There's to no me, the coverage. Better, there's no, you're not reading yeah, anything. Right. There's no pressure. There's no rush. To me, the better quarterback is Bryce Young. And I sure, I know that there's the height concern, right? I know that 5'10 is not ideal. Uh, but I also know that it's <laughs> not ideal. But I also know that, look, it's not like at the NFL level, you're going to have guys that are four or five, six inches taller than what he played with at Alabama and played against in the SEC. Yeah. Right. Alabama's got a bunch of six, five, six, six offensive linemen. Georgia's defensive line obviously had a bunch of six, seven, six, six guys. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. not going to be a huge issue, in my opinion. Um, and look, I mean, you look at hey, Russ Wilson, he's not the biggest guy. You know, Drew Brees wasn't. Uh, the biggest guy. I mean, you just, you, you gotta, you find ways to, to get through. And Bryce Young, to me, was just, he was the better quarterback. And I think he's going to be the better quarterback at the next level. I'm always a little bit hesitant when it comes to Ohio State guys, quarterbacks. And part of it is probably, you know, being a Michigan fan and you kind of have that rivalry. But also part of it is you watch Ohio State play and you're like, I've never seen receivers more wide open. Right. Like there's so many quarterbacks that can just lob a ball out there and, you know, have great stats when you're playing at, at Ohio State. I mean, they've got just such a – The Urban Meyer, Ryan Day great, offense, yeah, just recruiting a great, machine. Great system where it's like, man, wide open, wide open, wide open, wide open. And sure, C.J. Stroud made some incredible throws, especially in that uh, – the playoff game. Um, you know, even the Michigan game, watching that closely, yes, I thought he was a good quarterback. To me, it's just Bryce Young I think is better. I think he's going to be in, end up there at number one. I think C.J. Stroud, look, Houston probably going to end up with C.J. Stroud. Uh, we obviously know that they're probably the furthest team in the NFL away from uh, competing. They've probably got the longest rebuild out of any of those teams picking in the top uh, top five. I would say two quarterbacks, definitely first, second. Look, there's been some talks about <clears throat> Arizona trying to move out of that number three spot, um, whether that's, uh, you know, I think it was maybe the Raiders, you know, a little bit of talk of there. Maybe I think even the Falcons kind of got thrown in there. They're going into the year with Desmond Ritter, who yep. is a bit of an unknown. But um, Colts, I think, probably definitely go quarterback. Obviously, we know that Matt Ryan is no longer there. They are probably the best team in the top five that has the best chance of a quick turnaround because the rest of the roster over there in Indianapolis is pretty solid. They were in the playoffs just a couple of years ago. Um, so I, I would definitely picture them taking a quarterback. So, uh, so I would say I would say at least three. I don't know if four unless there's a trade uh, to get there. Maybe you can have one, two, three, four. 
you know, obviously that would have to include Anthony Richardson, who has been the biggest, the hottest topic over the past month. I don't see it, love him. but I mean, you and I both know it only takes one team. Yeah, and you know, John, that there are there's more than one team. NFL coaches are egomaniacs. Everybody looks at a player and says, "Oh, I can fix him, right? Uh, oh, I can, I can do guy. that. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Give me that player, right? I'll turn him into this. I'll do that." Right, coaches are a bit egomaniac when it comes to when it comes to viewing prospects like that. I, I'm more. I'm, I think me and you are alike. Where we're just old school. Look at the film. What does the film tell me? How does he play? Right. What what throws is he making? And look, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm some expert quarterback evaluator. I'm certainly not. But I just don't. I mean, there seems to be when you watch C.J. Stroud, when you watch Bryce Young, for me, my amateur eyes. There's a pretty big discrepancy between the next group of quarterbacks, which would be an Anthony Richardson, which would be, uh, you know, the Will Levis, or even maybe Hendon Hooker, if he wasn't coming off of that ACL injury. Right. I think there's a huge gap. But look, I think there's so many teams that are enamored with Anthony Richardson because the NFL, John, and we, you know this, you played 10 years, I played 10 years. The NFL is very cyclical, right? Whatever the new fad is, is going to last for a couple years. And then it's going to go away, and then, you know, the power game's going to come back up, and then in five years from now, the spread's going to come back until teams start to stop it. Right now, the kind of fad, again, is everybody's enamored with the athletic quarterback, right? Everybody's enamored with what Jalen Hurts did, what Justin Fields was able to do as far as running uh, out of the backfield as a quarterback, right? What... Even guys like Josh Allen, right? Yeah. Everybody's kind of enamored with that right now that, oh, we need to get a, a running quarterback, right? We need to get an athlete back there, a guy that can run add another dimension to our offense. It's going to last for a couple more years, and then it's probably going to go away, and you're going to see more of the pro-style guys make a return. Um, but right now, I think teams are starting to fall into that trap a little bit as well where they think that this is the new trend, and you're going to have at least one team that is going to fall in love with Anthony Richardson based off of his athleticism and says, you know what, we'll fix the arm, right? We'll fix the timing. We'll fix the footwork. We'll fix all that. Just give me a great athlete and, we, you know, we can make it work. So, okay, the first two quarterbacks are off the board. Carolina takes Bryce Young. Houston takes C.J. Stroud. And you can flip them, whatever, I don't care. We, I think we, we both agree that they're going one-two. And then Arizona stays, stands pat. They take Will Anderson um, at three. Now at four, you're the GM of the Indianapolis Colts. Who are you taking? If, you're, if you've determined that you've got to take a quarterback, who are you taking between Anthony Richardson and Will Levis? Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a hard one. You have to make a choice. That's a hard one. Look, I don't know much about Will Levis. I don't. I mean, I, you watch a little bit of what you can, you know, on the internet and hey, replays, highlights. Obviously, highlights are everybody's going to fall in love with highlights. Yeah. Uh, to me, you have to watch the games. You have to watch, you know, consecutive games, two, three, four games. Who's he playing against? I've tried to watch a lot of those. Like I said, I'm not a huge I'm not I'm not a great evaluator of the quarterback position um but to me if it was my choice this is damned if you do damned if you don't isn't it well, because <laughs> the, uh, so the like you said the upside for Anthony Richardson is huge yeah but and and we've seen a guy like Josh Allen come from a school that 
wasn't at all the caliber of Florida. His completion percentage was in the low 50s. Anthony Richardson right now playing in the SEC. We get all of that. But the fact that his completion percentage was in the low 50s, 52%, I believe. And now you make that jump to the NFL. It just doesn't come to fruition that you become a 63% passer, 65% passer. That's no. the big concern I have about him and Will Levis. While there's still a lot of work to be done with both of these prospects, I think that Will Levis, if I'm Indianapolis, I take Will Levis simply because I don't want to gamble with that number four overall pick. It's Every pick is a gamble in the NFL draft. You have no idea what's going to happen or how these players are going to develop, you know, and, and how their game translates to the NFL. There's different markers. There's different, you know, indicators where you could try and put your best guess out there. That's why I think completion percentage of college is a major indicator for what can possibly be. Yeah, Josh Allen has improved, but without Brian Dayball, who's now, who was his coordinator, is now with the Giants, no longer there, he took a step back this year. Yeah. There's no, not a lot yeah. of guys that, that are, are the, you know, quote-unquote quarterback whisperer that can make wave a wand and all of a sudden improve them so much that they go from a 52% completion percentage and in a year, two years, three years, become very efficient in the NFL. Yeah, and I think I would probably go on the flip side with you as far as if you were into who you would take. Uh, I think I would take Anthony Richardson, and mostly I think because he fits the scheme that you're trying to implement, right? Indianapolis's new head coach, Shane Steichen, offensive yeah. coordinator from Philadelphia, right? Had Jalen Hurts, incorporated the read option into the into the game, incorporated all of those quarterback runs we That's saw last Will year. Will Levis' game too. Will Levis, here you go. Will Levis, 72 carries last year for minus 107 yards. And look, I know a lot of right. those are it's sacks not, yeah. because in the college game, the sacks, it comes out of your rushing yards, not your passing yards. Uh, Will Levis, yeah, can he run? Okay, he can. Not like Anthony Richardson, no. 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 I mean, if no. you're truly trying to, right. not you at know, all. Like if Anthony you're trying Richardson. to implement no. a quarterback run offense, a read option offense, you're definitely going to take Anthony Richardson over Will Levis. I don't think Will Levis is a guy you want to build a read option offense around, right? Um, so putting those together, you know, and look, if I'm Indy too, I mean, there's there might be a chance that, you're looking for all the reasons I just mentioned, you know, the offense coordinator from Philly coming over. Now he's your head coach. Is he going to implement the same style of offense? Is there a chance that they could go after Lamar Jackson? I know that there seems like no teams are going to give up the asking price of two first rounders as well as having to pay yeah. an enormous guaranteed contract. But that could, that for me could be a trade or a, a draft day type deal where Hey, Baltimore, figure out this deal. This is what we're going to pay him. We'll give you this number four pick. We'll take Lamar Jackson. That way they get you know, a little bit more of a proven commodity, but also a guy that can run that similar offense as to what uh, Shane Steichen ran with Jalen Hurts out in Philly. So he, here's my only concern about Anthony Richardson. And yes, and, and I, I, I misquoted earlier, it's not 52%, it's 53.8% was his completion percentage last year. Oh, how dare you? I know, uh, but I do like to be accurate. Um, but when you look at the, the best teams that he played against this year, and some of 
his hype throughout the course of the college football season happened in week one, and a lot of people were living off that where they played Utah, and Utah was a good defense this year. He was 17-24, which obviously is 70% completion percentage. But then you look and you say, okay, the next week they played against a, a number 20-ranked Kentucky, 40% completion percentage. Uh, against Tennessee, another loss, 54% completion percentage. Uh, against LSU, and, and not a great team this year, a little bit better at 60%. Georgia, and now everybody was bad against Georgia in that defense, 48%. Uh, you know, at Florida State, 33%. All of his best performances, save maybe the you know, the the Eastern Washington game or the uh the LSU game that I mentioned, the big games that he played in were his worst mm-hmm. in terms of completion percentage. It's not gonna get easier in the NFL. Yeah. And look, I I I do see some stats, I do see some clips that you know, national pundits will put out and, you know, statistics from the passing game, right, all that. I, I think Florida, one of the big stats, which helps Anthony Richardson, was I think their receivers, like, were top five in the nation at dropping balls, Yeah, which obviously that's going to hurt the quarterback. Um, with that being said, though, it's just, it's such a weird situation. You There's either some people that are so convicted that, you know, this guy is going to be an absolute stud, take the NFL by storm. And there's people like us who I think are a little bit more on the fence that there's a chance he could be great. Yeah. What's there a better chance of him becoming an all pro type guy and a guy that you can build your team around for 10, 12, 15 years, or a guy that's going to be a flash in the pan. Uh, like we've seen with a lot of these running quarterbacks over the past 10 years that, Hey, they look pretty good. Might, you know, going to have their highlights are going to be incredible. Yeah. Um, but are those guys that you're going to, you know, franchise or that, that build your franchise around? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I never root against a kid, especially no. a kid coming out of college. But look, these are these are big decisions that teams have to make. I don't want to see Anthony Richardson fail. I don't want to see him go out there and suck at quarterback so I can say, oh, I told you so. What were those teams <laughs> thinking, right? Nobody wants to do that. No. Um, but at the same breath. It's inevitable. It's going to happen to it's, somebody. It's going to happen to somebody. It does every year, right? And it's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it happens multiple times every year. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to – I'm certainly not going to get into that game where, hey, who's the bus going to be? Who's the sleepers going to – that's something that I don't think we, neither of us are interested in. But uh, it's certainly – Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
going to give us something exciting to talk about. Yeah. Once the season kicks off, wherever he ends up, I think there, you know, even with thinking about everybody's pretty convinced. I think most people, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, one, two, whatever way it falls. Yeah. But once the season starts off, Anthony Richardson is probably going to be the guy that everybody wants to see play because he's the biggest, I don't, I'm not going to say risk, but maybe the biggest question mark, right? Yeah. Guy's either going to be a stud or the guy's going to be a dud. Going to be a dud, man. And, uh, we're going to have to wait a long time to find out, but it's, a, it's certainly a, a, an enamoring and exciting conversation to be had. And the reason I ask about how many quarterbacks are going to go in the top four, obviously the Lions pick six, and I think there's four that go in the top five. Uh, I do think Seattle, the way that they structured Geno Smith's contract, it could be a one-year deal, um, and they could groom another guy, and then all of a sudden, hey, they're off and running, uh, hopefully on any any stunted rebuild. Um, that in a, a team that made the playoffs last year, who knows what they do this year? But um, it all leads up to what the the Lions do at number six. And before we start talking about that pick or other picks in the draft, I do want to ask you: following free agency, we haven't gotten to the draft yet. They addressed; they brought Marvin, Marvin Jones Jr. back, um, so they've added a wide receiver to the room after losing DJ Shark. Um, they added Montgomery in the backfield. On the defensive side, we know that they addressed the secondary. Three guys in the secondary. The entire secondary might have a, a completely different look, um, say for some of the young guys that played last year, and we'll we'll see what Tracy Walker, how he recovers from his Achilles. Um, what's the biggest need for this team now, and how does it relate to the draft? Front seven, front seven, front seven. <laughs> right. yeah, I, I think so. I, I think for me, it's it's being able to stop the run. Yeah, and, and you can never have too many guys to put pressure on a quarterback. I but. agree with you, and I think that that starts up front, right? The better front four you have, the better success your linebackers are going to have, right? That's just a fact, yep. right? That's going to free those guys up. And uh, sometimes having an all-pro linebacker doesn't really matter if your defensive line blows, can't stop anybody no. and is getting pushed into the linebacker's lap, oh, right? So, blocks. Uh, I mean, for me, it's still that interior uh, defensive line spot. And look, I know that it's not easy to find guys that can go play three downs, that can stop the run first and second, and also get after the passer on third. I know that's really, really hard to do. Uh, there is a guy in this draft that we all know that's pretty damn good at that when it comes to playing football. Yeah. Everything on the outside, question marks. Certainly. It's obviously, flags, in case you've concerned. had your whole certainly your head in a hole, it's <laughs> um Jalen Carter. Yeah. When there's uh, you know, it seems like every week there's something new. And look, I think this week was the police video came out. I watched it, didn't think there was anything yeah. damning there. I mean, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It didn't really change my opinion. Um, countering that Drew Rosenhaus's agent has come out and said that he is only going to visit teams in the top 10. Um, not if, if you have a pick outside the top 10, he's not visiting the team. Even if he gets invited, he's not going to, to pay much attention to them. He's also made the statement that I'm confident Jalen will go in the top 10. He's a good person, a family man, loves football and a generational talent. We don't know the answer to any of those. We can't confirm. We can't deny. We can't, you know, we don't know what those answers are. I think we know he's pretty good football talent. <laughs> that's the yeah, one but, thing it, we but can a generational say, yeah, talent, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's a different level. Yeah. And he certainly has that potential. Yeah. 
but we don't we won't know the answer to that for a few years. Yeah. It could be a bluff too. I mean, you know, I don't think that any agents right now truly know certainly there's teams that express interest, right? We want to bring them in for a visit, we want to talk yeah. to them a little bit more, whatever it may be. I don't think any agent knows, hey, you're going, you know, number 5 to Seattle, right? I don't think agents really know that because the draft draft night things happen, trades happen, boom boom boom, teams move. You don't really know. Then why would an experienced agent, as Drew Rosenhaus is, say, "I'm not. We're not going to allow you to visit anywhere outside of the top ten. Anybody that's picking outside the top ten, they're off. They're off our board. Let alone not knowing if we're on their board or not." Do you want me to go there with Drew Rosenhaus? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I mean, we all know, like Drew Rosenhaus I, is the agent in a movie that's like the corniest dude ever and the most obnoxious and loudest so dude is this ever. just a smoke screen is he actually it gonna could go be. to i mean it could be right it could be a bluff it could be um uh, you know pressure for these other teams to say hey we got to get him now or else you know because if i'm the team looking at that and i'm sitting there number nine and i really want jalen carter it, you you might the bears might think they have a chance for him to fall that far I mean, teams obviously talk to other teams. They yeah. kind of know, hey, we know what their needs are. We know that they're probably not going to be in the market for him. Or we know that this team, hey, they might like him. That might force a, another team to move into the top 10 to go take him. If that if they don't believe that they're going to be able to get him at 11, 12, 15, whatever it may be. Right, but with right? all the questions surrounding Jalen Carter, if you're going to make that investment, draft capital along with a top 10 pick, wouldn't you want to at least be able to have a conversation with him? And meet with him in person, and maybe maybe you got all your answers during his pro day. If you had a chance to meet with him then, yeah, maybe it happened at the combine. I don't know. Again, these there's a lot of things that we just don't know. But let's just say uh, Tennessee. Mike Vrabel calls up Drew Rosenhaus and says, "I really want to have a, a talk, and I want to meet with Jalen Carter." Well, it breaks the rule that Drew Rosenhaus has set out there that you know we're not going to meet with anybody outside the top ten. And now Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans are sitting there going, well, do we think he was going to be here at 11? Probably not. But maybe we want to package a couple of our, our, our picks together to jump up to number five, number six, and say, we really want to take Jalen Carter. We think he could really change our franchise, but I don't have a chance to meet with him. Yeah, and I think that would probably have to be an exception to the rule. Um where if the team outside the top 10 says, hey, good chance we might trade up back into that top eight spot, wherever it may be yeah. to take him. Sure, I'm sure that there's exceptions. I think it's stupid that an agent would even say this in the first place. Right. Like, you just can have the, this policy. You don't have to make uh, it public. I get it. Like, okay, you're, the kid's taking a lot of heat. Some of it probably deserving. Some of it probably a little bit overblown when it comes to more of the pro day stuff, right? Nobody really knows. What happened there? I mean, everybody said he was get. That could just be one team, you know, trying to tear this kid down so much, just in the in the name of you know gamesmanship to try to get him to fall. Right? We don't know that, um, but it is a. I, I mean, it just it's a little bit too arrogant for my liking for a team to say no. You're not. You know, we're not doing it. Right? Like you have, yeah. you have to understand. Hey, if there was nothing outside of. You know, no issues outside of football with Jalen Carter. And he said that. I think all of us would be saying, yeah, probably smart. The dude's yeah. an absolute freak. No, no issues, no red flags. Yeah. Right? He's a top three talent. Okay, we get that. The fact that all this other shit is coming up is like, dude, 
I don't really think you're in a place of, of, you know, to have much leverage to start telling all these other teams, you know, don't do it. Right. And look, I, I know a lot of people bring up the Lyle Collins situation from uh, a few years back. Right. Yeah. We obviously know what happened with uh, with him. Just to remind you, there was some sort of I think his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend at the time had been murdered. Uh, he was listed as somebody that the police wanted to talk to. Never ended up getting, you know, the yeah. guy was completely innocent, uh, didn't do anything. I think we know that for a fact, but it affected his draft status. But I know this for a fact that when he started to drop, you know, out of the top 10, out of the top 15, it wasn't that teams didn't want to take a chance on him after that. It was more so his agent was telling teams, hey, if, you know, if you're not going to pick him in the first round, don't pick him because he's not going to sign the deal. He's going to just enter the draft next year. And they played this bluffing game, right? Because the ultimate goal for them was they just said, hey, if we're going to drop to the third, fourth round, we might as well just drop to an undrafted free agent, get to choose our destination where we want to be, find a good spot, sign a three-year deal instead of a four, yeah. get to free agency sooner, which I think all players love. Certainly in the first three years, he lost some money as opposed to being drafted, but worked out better for him. And that was a ploy from the agency, right, to say – we're going to get this guy in a better situation. We're going to pick the team he wants to go to. We're going to get get a three-year deal. He's a first-round talent. We know he's going to sign a, next, a big next deal. Let's play it this way. And it worked out for them. Um, with Jalen Carter, I certainly don't think he's going to fall out. He's not going to be that type of, of drop, right? I don't think he's going to fall out of the first round. I don't think he's going to fall outside the top 15. But I don't know. Right. Like, I don't know. That's the beauty of it, and that's the – um, the polarizing process around it is that me, you, fans, radio listeners, anybody, we don't know what those conversations are like behind closed doors. We don't know if Jalen Carter is a great kid who just made a bad decision, you know, one night after winning the national championship, celebrating with his teammates. We don't know if Jalen Carter's a total POS, right? Like, mm -hmm. we don't really know. Um, and it's just a bad dude. I'm not saying he is, but we don't know, right? Yeah. And that's what, something that teams are going to have to figure out. And that's something that probably will never get known, right? Unless the guy, you know, eats himself out of league in, in a couple years. We won't know that. But this is this is this such an interesting time being a Lions fan because obviously we have so much optimism. We have so much hope. And you, we have two guys that kind of are draft centers around, right? And it's Anthony Richardson and it's Jalen Carter, two of the most polarizing guys in all of, uh, you know, this uh, preseason hype with the combine and with the draft and with everything coming up and sitting where the Lions sit, they're going to have to make a decision on probably at least one of those guys, if not both. Yeah. Right. But I think that, hey, like we've said many times, it's a bit uncomfortable where we're at as Lion fans, feeling this good, feeling <laughs> this optimistic, feeling this hopeful. It's hard to say it out loud. Um, and I think a lot of that un uh, uncomfortable, a lot of those feelings come from the fact that, like, we really haven't had anything to disagree with. You know what I mean? Like, everything that Brad Holmes has done, everybody's pretty much unanimously like, okay, that's see, a good yeah. move. Like, yeah. wow, like <laughs> that's competent. Wow, you know, like, that's something we want to have something to bicker about. Hey, well, no, 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 we should have done this. We can't really do that, right? And I think that, hey, man, that's going to open up uh, a, just a beautiful can of worms on what could potentially happen on draft night. And well, whether that's Jalen Carter, I think if Anthony Richardson got picked, I think that would be the first time where people were like, Okay, whoa, like probably a mix. I'm not saying majority of people, but 
okay, man, all right, you know, let's see what the plan is at least, right? But that would certainly be good for us, give us something very exciting to talk about. I just, I can't wait, man. Draft night's always awesome, especially with how it's been lately with the moving and with the trades and uh, with, whoa, where'd this guy come? You know what I mean? Like then, man, it's just, uh, it's a couple weeks away. I'm excited. I know you're excited. We got a couple more weeks to talk about it. I think next week we can maybe start to lock in a little bit of our dream scenarios, right? So, what we would want six, what we want 18, and even delve into, hey, you got two more in the second round too. I think both of us uh, would very much look forward to putting out our realistic mock dream draft. mock draft. Yeah, and, and so I'm glad you went there because I do want to talk about mock drafts um, and and give our dream scenario for what we think is a realistic situation that could happen for the Lions in the first two rounds. They got four picks. But I also want to know, I'll share my experience, What how mock drafts, if I looked at them, how they affected my mindset as a prospect going into the 99 draft. And I want to know your thoughts on the mock drafts that you saw, where you were projected, and how it affected you leading up to the draft, and then obviously on draft weekend. Um, so we'll get a chance to talk about those topics Taking next me week. Back. No, to reminisce a little. Yeah, Taking you way back. <laughs> Not that far. I guess it is. Yeah, it's about 24 years. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that next week. We, we thank you for listening. Make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast feed as well as the YouTube feed to make sure that you have the newest version of Necessary Roughness in your inbox every time we come out with an episode. And we will have episodes throughout the entire offseason. Uh, so stay tuned right here on Necessary Roughness.